Welcome to the official Autodesk Inventor podcast. My name is Garen Gardner. I'm the Technical Marketing Manager for Autodesk Inventor. Today is Tuesday, February 27th, 2007. This is episode number nine. Well, it's been about a month since our last podcast, and there's been a lot that's happened since then. I'm going to go over some news items. I've got some fun technology things that I'd like to go over, and then I've got a handful of tips and tricks. Well, let's jump into our first news article. Our first article comes from Catalyst, and it's putting a face on Autodesk. And this is an article about Carl Bass and how he became the CEO of Autodesk. And it's a pretty interesting article if you've ever wondered about uh, CEOs and and kind of their background and how they become CEOs. This is uh, definitely a nice article. It just kind of steps through his career and and where he came from. And it's got some interesting things about him, such as, uh, you know, he likes to make wood furniture, and he's actually quite good at making good furniture. If you got to the article, there are a couple of of things that he's worked on. And interestingly enough, he uh, uses Inventor periodically to design some of his wood furniture. So he's not averse to to diving into our software. And uh, sometimes we hear from him when he's used it and and, uh, challenges us from time to time. But it's great to have him being so technically minded and uh, definitely a nice article to read and get a little bit more information about Carl Bass. So I'll put the the link in the show notes. You can take a look at that. So the next news item I have is one, it's a design contest put on by Autodesk and this design contest is a bit of an interesting design contest. It's uh, in building a a spy gadget. It's uh, allowing you to use your creativity and just think of, of some type of spy gadget that you might think would be fun to design with Inventor. Doesn't really matter what it is. It could be funny, it could be inventive, or just kinda look cool. So if you get a chance, spend a little bit of time in Inventor, try to come up with a nice little design that uh, that would be good for a spy gadget, and then enter it into the contest. The contest runs from February 14th to April 18th, and there's some pretty nice prizes. There, There's a... Uh, a pack that comes from Sony that's a James Bond 007 TX Spy Gear bundle and it looks like it comes with a laptop, a digital camera, and a handful of of pretty cool little things. There's also uh, another gift that's the Microsoft Zune, the 30 gigabyte digital media player. And there's also a Sony Ericsson CyberShot phone. And it looks like there's also some flash memory cards that uh, are one gigabyte James Bond 007 uh, memories, memory sticks. So there's some pretty fun prizes here, and uh, we're just looking to get some neat pictures out of here. So if you get a chance, spend a little time, build up some stuff, and submit that for us. So the next article I have comes from Augie. Uh, Augie once a year sets up a website to do an inventor wish list uh, poll. And basically they open this up to their their users. So this is something that uh, you can log on to Augie, you can create your own user profile, and then you can get onto the inventor wish list and add your own wish list. You can also vote for other wish lists that other individuals have posted. So this is something that's meant to uh, to allow everybody to kind of put their own opinion out there and then allow everybody to vote on it. And then they submit uh, the top wish list items to Autodesk at Autodesk University, which is usually held in November. So this will give you a little bit of time to come up with some ideas that you'd like to have and then uh, vote on all of the, the different things up there. And this is something that we take quite seriously when we get this as a product management team for Inventor. You know, we this is a great way for us to get some some good feedback from many of our users that are using the product. And uh, if you'll take a look at last year's results, there are a number of things that made it into the product 
such as isometric dimensioning, um, tapered thread holes. There's there's a, quite a few items in there that were the top results that uh, that actually made it into the product, and a lot of that was part partly from uh, the voting and and you guys bringing the priority to us. So it definitely helps us kind of prioritize and, and put some of these things at the top of the stack. So if you get a chance, definitely go out there, submit your wish list, and uh, get your buddies too, and, and vote for them, and uh, you know make sure that uh, the ones that are the most important are brought to our attention, and we'll uh, we'll see what we can do on those. So again, that's the Augie web website. You can go to Augie.com. That's A-U-G-I.com. And also have a link in the show notes, but uh, it's a pretty quick link to get there, and then you can set up your user profile. And on the right-hand side, on the the pane there, you'll notice that there's a, a quick link for Inventor Wishlist items, and you'll be able to see the last year results, October 26 results, and and then submit the new ones. And this begins February of uh, of this year, so it's already began. And I'm not sure when it uh, when it ends, but I would imagine it'll go into the summer. Well, that wraps up the news, and that puts us into our next section, which is a technology section. So I wanted to talk about something a little bit more exciting in the technology section. Uh, as many of you know, Inventor 2008 is right around the corner, and uh, a couple of weeks ago we had a press event day. This was uh, actually a world press event for all of Autodesk, where we were talking about a lot of the new functionality that we're going to be out uh, in the, the next release coming coming out soon. And uh, one of the great things about this is it opened it up for us to be able to start talking about a lot of the new functionality that will be found in the product when you get that. So I, I wanted to talk with uh, or spend a little bit of time in the technology section on some of the new functionality that will be out. So over the next uh, the next few episodes in in my podcast, we'll be talking about new functionality and and just spend a little bit of time on that. So I will try to, to beef up my podcast a little bit and have them a little bit more often. One thing that I'm also doing on the blog is uh, we have a countdown to Inventor 2008 where uh, each each week, probably a couple of times a week, I'll be posting various things on the blog with new functionality that will be found in Inventor. And I'll also put that in the blogs that, uh, that I release as well. So the first two Countdown to Inventor 2008 blog posts that I've I've posted so far are both on DWG True Connect, and this may sound familiar to you. Uh, a couple of podcasts ago, I actually had one dedicated to DWG True Connect. We talked about it a little bit. We did, we couldn't really talk about when it was going to be in the product, but this is a functionality in Inventor that allows you to take AutoCAD DWG files and natively open them up in Inventor without any type of translation. Today, this is something that requires us to go through a translator to open those up, and you know this really limits how big of DWG files we can open. Uh, it doesn't allow us to open up with 100% true fidelity. You know, translation is necessary at times, but if you're if you're mostly just wanting to open up DWG files to view them, um, this is something that we want to be able to do in Inventor and and not have to go to AutoCAD every time you want to open up a DWG file. So the the first post the first blog post that I posted was just kind of a real high-level overview of being able to take DWG files and open them up in Inventor and then I just a couple days ago or yesterday I posted another blog uh, post that was talking about being able to take some of your older designs that you may need to redesign certain aspects of them you can delete that geometry in AutoCAD go to Inventor design a, a new 3D part that you want to put in place create some drawing views 
and then you're able to to actually just drag and drop those drawing views from the AutoCAD design view into your AutoCAD session. So you're able to really take advantage of building something 3D, doing your documentation, and leveraging that documentation back to your older uh, large design layout. So there's there's some nice functionality there. Uh, I have one more blog that I'm going to hit on on DWG True Connect, and then I'll get on to some of the other things that will be new to Inventor 2008. So take a look at the blog. Keep uh, keep an eye on that for new functionality that we'll talk about. And I'm kind of hitting some of the main aspects of Inventor 2008. Kevin Schneider, many of you probably know, he also has a blog. It's the Gearbox. And he's putting some some little tips as far as some of the, the maybe smaller items of what's new. But nonetheless, these are things that a lot of you guys get pretty excited about. So he's up to five five things that he really likes with uh, Inventor 2008. I thought that I would I would put those in here. Um, the the number one item that he liked was the DWG True Connect. There's also uh, his number two item is a bit more subtle, but it's the dynamic highlighting. You know, if any of you use space uh, the space balls from uh, True Connect, the the Logitech guys, you'll find that when you move over, if you have your mouse over somewhere on your 3D model and start rotating your model around with your your space ball that it gets kind of laggy and, and you've probably gotten used to pulling your mouse off to the side so it's not always trying to highlight the model as you're as you're rotating around. Well if, if this is something that you've noticed there is now an option to turn off cross highlighting and you can do it in application options and you also have the ability to do it in the selection drop down uh, area. So there are a couple of quick ways that you can navigate to that and toggle that on and off. So that's a I, I use a space ball, the spaceball quite often, and in large assemblies, I found that uh, it's a great tool to to use. Um, the next one that he had was uh, his third favorite feature was updating the mass properties on save. This is something that was a bit more difficult in previous versions of Inventor, but you now have the option in your application options that you can tell Inventor anytime you save a part or an assembly to update the mass properties. And this is a, a really big one if you're constantly trying to, to update and get information on the mass properties of your, your design. Um, the next one goes right along with it and it's the it's uh, we've had probably one of our bigger requests recently has been to put mass properties in title box uh, title blocks. So this is uh, something that we've added now that you can put a number of different physical properties of your model into the title block like the area mass things like that um, and the nice thing about it is if you if you do have it update on save then your your title block is always going to be updated whenever you save your drawing and then the fifth item that Kevin has up to this point is NPT threads so if you've ever wanted to put tapered threads in your design, we have NPT threads. There are a handful of other tapered threads in there as well. But uh, this is a great, uh, great feature for those of you that, especially if you're using pipes and, and whatnot, that uh, you can have threaded holes now. So those are just a handful of the new, new types of things found in Inventor 2008. There are a lot of new, new features in there that uh, we're pretty excited about. And, you know, the next next little bit I'll spend some time on on these things definitely if you have questions you have our our email that you can send us inventor.blog.feedback at autodesk.com and feel free to send me any questions that you might have some of which I may not be able to answer but I'll get back to you 
Um, the next section that I want to get into is our last section. It is the tips and tricks. So on to the tips and tricks. I have three main tips that I want to talk a little bit about. And uh, the first one is working with design views and LOD reps. I've been working on a project lately and I've been using LOD reps and design reps a lot. You know, this is something that the more I use them, the more I find areas where they're really beneficial. And I'm hoping at some point to get the product designer for assemblies on here, uh, Peter Maxfield. He's a he's great uh, resource for us. And if this is something, uh, if, if you guys like interviews, if you want to hear more interviews, let me know. This is something that I can definitely set up. And it's always nice to get PDs on here and talk a little bit about things that they've worked on, maybe some tips that uh, are, are small tips that maybe people don't realize they can take advantage of. But Pete has a lot of experience. He worked for PTC for a while with their assemblies, and he's brought a lot of that knowledge into Inventor. So the large assemblies and the, the LOD reps and uh, some of that is all, all his handiwork. But at any rate, um, the, the design views and the LOD reps, this is something that if, I, if I'm working on an Inventor Studio rendering, quite often I'll create an LOD rep and take advantage of suppressing a lot of the components that are really just overhead for me. And there are a lot of things that we can do with the LOD reps and uh, design views. So, um, or I should say view reps. So the, the view reps, quite often in the past, that was all we had. So we could turn off various components and save it as a view rep and then uh, you know recall that at any point. And that would also save the camera view. With addition to LOD reps, one thing that many users aren't aware of is you can take those view reps and turn them into LOD reps. So if you go into your browser and you see your view reps, if you have one that has various components that are the visibility is turned off, the memory is still still being used by that component. It's still completely in memory. You you may have lightened up the the graphics card memory, but you haven't really lightened up the footprint on your, you know, from your actual memory. So one of the things that we added with LOD reps is being able to suppress components and we can save those states through an LOD rep. Well now if you have the view rep, you can right click on it and tell it to save it as an LOD rep. So now any component that the visibility was turned off is now suppressed. So you've, you've removed a lot of the components from memory. So this allows you to have more components in an assembly and still be able to get much the same performance and all you know once in a while I may have a couple of different sub-assemblies that I'll save as LOD reps so I can just completely suppress one whole sub-assembly while working on another one and vice versa so this makes it much faster if I'm doing drawings or if I'm working in Inventor Studio or sometimes assemblies just get so large and I don't have enough memory that you know that I, I have to do it if I want to work in that large of an assembly so the the first tip is being able to take those view reps and save them as LOD reps it's a great way to migrate some of your old data sets and be able to take advantage of some of the new functionality my next tip is a tip about mirroring bodies in Inventor and I posted this on our blog a couple of weeks ago in fact I was just coming back from China and in the same blog I posted a video of me coming back on the maglev train this was a train that rides from downtown Shanghai to the airport and this this particular train it's uh, levitated with magnets 
and it travels at about 430 kilometers an hour or about 250 miles an hour and it was quite the experience being able to to be on the ground going about 250 miles an hour I took a video of this so if you get a chance you can also go out to the blog and see that and uh, I posted it out on YouTube but there's a link on the blog you'll see is about halfway through we go under a, a bridge and the bridge is on the screen for probably less than a second I mean it's just just moving but uh, onto the mirror feature so a couple of releases ago we added the ability to mirror over the entire body you know before that we could take a particular feature and mirror it but the the ability to take the entire body is something that it was really nice so an interesting workflow that I started using shortly after this and thought I would put it as a tip and trick is if you have a symmetrical part usually I'll take the very first feature and the, the feature that I'm showing in the blog is a bumper of a remote control car or a bracket for the bumper. It's a symmetrical part, so I, I sketched out half of the, the very beginning of this particular bracket. And then the, the second feature that I do is go into the mirror feature, mirror body, and then select the plane that I want to mirror this entire body around. So I'm able to see what the end result would look like once this is mirrored over. As soon as I need to start adding additional features, I can roll the end of part marker above the mirror feature that I just placed, add additional features in here. So I may want to put a couple of pockets, a couple of holes, some extrusions and fillets and things like that. And then when I want to see what the end result would look like again, I just roll my end of part marker below the, uh, the, the mirror feature again, and I'm able to see what the entire part would look like all mirrored over. So this is something that I've done with fairly complex symmetrical parts and it's worked really well that at any time I can quickly see what the end result part would look like. I can get mass properties, center of gravity and things like that and then roll it back up, make additional changes and just jump back and forth. So if, if you do any type of parts like this, this might be a, a great little way to, uh, to go in and do that. So the last tip that I have is being able to turn assemblies into feature rich parts. And I think I briefly mentioned this one a couple of podcasts ago when the uh, labs tool came out to turn parts into or uh, solid bodies into feature rich parts. One of the things that I've run into once in a while is I'll get something from a customer that I want to be able to use in an assembly that is already an assembly that I don't necessarily want it as an assembly. So an example of this may be a caster. You know, somebody may create a caster that goes on the, the bottom of a table or something that is all set up as an assembly. It may have the sheet metal bracket, it may have the axle, it may have the wheel, and kind of heavy for what you really need. You may just want a part, and you may want the part to be feature rich, but you don't necessarily want the entire thing as an assembly. Well, one of the ways that I found to, to be able to take this assembly and make it into a feature rich part is save that assembly as a um, well first off you can drive it into an individual part so this is a couple of step process but drive it into an individual part and then save that out as a step or a sat file so that that's basically all lumped together as one feature and it's a dumb body so once you open up that sat or step file if you have the labs uh, feature recognition tool installed on on your your uh, inventor then it's going to prompt you and ask you if you want to turn this this solid body into a feature rich body and if you do then it basically takes you into uh, there's a new panel bar 
and you can step through and tell it what type of features you want to recognize and you can do an automatic recognition of the entire thing or I, I'm a little bit more picky and I like to step through it and, and kind of reverse it, engineer it how I want it to be built. So I usually will remove the fillets and the chamfers and then the holes and then the individual extrusions. So if you step through and you do that, by the time you're done, it didn't take too long and you were able to take a, an assembly that was a feature-rich assembly and turn it into a feature-rich part. So that's one of, the, one of the ways you can take advantage of some of these labs tools. If you're not familiar with the labs tools, if you go out to labs.autodesk.com, there are a couple of labs tools out there for Inventor. Uh, one of which is the feature recognition uh, tool that I just mentioned. It allows you to take in SAT or STEP or any type of solid body or any type of imported geometry that Inventor will import as a solid body and then start recognizing those features as Inventor features. So you'll have sketches and, and everything that you can go in and modify just as you would if you built it from scratch. And then the other one is a 2D to 3D tool and this tool allows you to basically bring in 2D AutoCAD drawings that, that may have two or three views or more and think of a transparent glass box that you could wrap each of these sketches around or each of these views around so that it would make it basically would wrap them into a sketched part and then you can start extruding these sketches into your solid body and you can reference one another so this is a really easy way to take different views from an AutoCAD file and basically stitch them together and start building a part out of them. So these are uh, a couple of nice little tools that you can use and you know I'm constantly surprised on different workflows that you can really take advantage of with these little tools. So uh, if you get a chance and you, you need to take an assembly and convert it into a feature rich part that's one great way to do it. So with that that concludes our podcast for this week and uh, hopefully we can get one out pretty soon. I should say this month, but hopefully we can get one out uh, pretty soon with some new functionality and a little bit more information on new stuff coming out with Inventor 2008. And as I mentioned a little bit earlier, if you have any questions, comments, things that you'd like to, to be added to the podcast, definitely email me. You can send it to inventor.blog.feedback at autodesk.com. And we always like to hear feedback if uh, we're trying to do these a little bit more often as time permits so something that we're, we're still working on and we're also working on different uh, different things that uh, you guys like to listen to and what is most beneficial so let us know and we'll talk to you next time <laughs>